Welcome to Joyful Eating for PCOS and Gut Health, ultimate podcast to learn how to find relief from hormonal and digestive pains while preserving the pleasure of eating. You'll learn from your host, Trista Chan, a registered dietitian and founder of The Good Life Dietitian, along with guest experts on how to understand your health through science and mind-body connection, which diet trends to ignore and explore, all with an accessible and inclusive lens. So let's get started. Hello! Okay, so today we're going to be chatting all about digestion and gut health. Super hot topic, super relevant topic for many of you and many of my clients because we live in a day and age where many factors, which we'll dive deep into, contribute to the onset of uncomfortable symptoms in our digestive tract. So when I say digestion or gut health, question for you, what comes to mind? Sometimes I hear bloating, poop, kombucha, right? (laughs) So whatever your association may be, it's very clear that the concept of gut health has growing public interest everywhere you turn, TikTok, Instagram, blogs, etc., It's a super trendy buzzword right now, right? And it is clearly a term that is worth examining more closely. So if you're sitting here, you're thinking, oh my gosh, sometimes I feel bloated. I feel crampy. I have suspected food intolerances. Oh my gosh, I just don't feel good down there. Something just doesn't feel right. I have bathroom problems. This episode is for you. We're going to start off by exploring what exactly gut health is because it's kind of this like super popular topic that I feel like so many people can't really clearly define or pinpoint. So we're going to define gut health. We're going to talk about why so many people like yourself have those uncomfortable symptoms on the day-to-day, right? What is causing this rise in this functional gut disorders and those symptoms? And I'm going to give you three tips to start improving your gut health that are not food eliminations to begin with. So I want to be clear from the get-go, right, that while some people, and you clearly may be very well one of them, do experience specific food intolerances that can cause a flare-up in gut symptoms, that oftentimes isn't the first thing I recommend for relief, right? So the irony of having a functional gut disorder or IBS or just not feeling good down there is like the first piece of advice you'll likely get us to eliminate foods, but this can backfire, worsen your symptoms, starve out the good gut bacteria, in your gut, increase your risk for disordered eating and kind of launch you into a cycle where now you're anxious about food, that hurts your tummy, you don't eat enough food, that hurts your tummy, etc. So we're going to take a approach that is going to provide most people relief from the get-go without having to cut out foods. Okay, so let's start with what is gut health? Right, what is this mystery term that I see everywhere and kind of like can't escape, right? Do I have gut health issues? <laughs> so I know if you're listening, you're probably wondering that. Let's set the tone with a crash course on anatomy. 
So the gut, what it is, it refers to the gastrointestinal tract that food passes through. It starts in your mouth, extends all the way down to your anus. Yes, I said this word. I am a dietitian working gut health. No shame in that word. (laughs) So in the meantime, it passes through your esophagus, stomach, small and large intestines. Envision your gut as like a long tube that passes through your entire being. Along this tube lives trillions of bacteria. And as a collective, this is known as the gut microbiome. Research increasingly shows that the gut microbiome strongly influences not just your physical, but your mental health. We do know this is where you digest and absorb nutrients and fluids. When you eat your breakfast, when you have your water or your electrolytes, right? You digest, you break it down, you absorb those micro and macronutrients through your gut. This is also where you regulate sex, thyroid, and some appetite hormones as well. And it does play a role in fighting off virus and infection and supporting your immunity and much, much more. One of many super important systems in our body. And what's super cool is that research is increasingly showing that there's a link between your gut microbiome and developing complex metabolic diseases like metabolic syndrome, PCOS, diabetes, heart disease, and endometriosis. So is the popular expression, support your gut health legit? Everywhere you turn, gut health, gut health, gut health, watch your gut health. In short, yes, but, and I can't drive this point home more, the term gut health is super broad concept. So clearly, it's a very important system, but one of many systems in your body. As I always say, our bodies don't work in silos. So it is not surprising that if one system is not doing its best, then maybe our hormones aren't feeling so great. Then maybe our blood sugars aren't feeling so great. It doesn't start and end with gut health. Yes, there's the gastrointestinal system. There's also the cardiovascular system, our nervous system, our respiratory system, and so much more. So think of our body. These systems are like an orchestra. They each play a specific role, and yet they're interconnected and they produce this beautiful, strong symphony, which is your body. And although, like I established, the gut is super important, and there's a lot of research linking your microbiome to the development of these metabolic diseases, I am very cautious about tossing around the phrase, improve your gut health as what I see oftentimes is like a band-aid fix-all solution, right? So just be a little wary, right? Although digestion is important, supporting our gut is important, it doesn't necessarily, you know, determine your well-being, okay? And if you are listening and you do have tummy troubles, you just don't feel, you feel so confused, overwhelmed, I'm going to dive next into why many people experience symptoms on a day-to-day, what I most commonly see in practice, and some non-food elimination tips to start feeling better. I know feeling bloated, reflux crampy, and then the anxiety of just like being out and about and worrying about a bathroom accident is just like debilitating. We do offer one-on-one nutrition coaching with our team of registered dietitians to help you find 
personalized solutions that make you feel good, tame those digestive troubles, and being able to live your day-to-day life, knowing what triggers your symptoms, how to manage it, feel empowered to do this in different settings, whether you're at home, at work, out and about, on vacation, and sustain this symptom management, okay? So let's talk about what causes those uncomfortable symptoms. What makes you bloated? What makes you cramped, right? Why do we feel so awful? Three things that I most commonly see. I'll list them out and then dive deeper into them. One, stressors and eating habits. Two, a diet high in ultra-processed foods and a buildup of gut triggers. And three, genetic and environmental causes. So the first factor I see that oftentimes triggers uncomfortable digestive symptoms in my clients is stress and not just mental stress, but physical stressors as well. So your gut is always referred to as our second brain. You hear things like, listen to your gut when you don't know how to make a decision and there's a lot of wisdom in that i think and we do increasingly know that there is a strong connection through the vagus nerve between our gut and our actual brain and two organs are in constant communication so oftentimes i'll hear a client say okay i've made all these dietary changes lifestyle changes etc And maybe you can be doing everything perfectly by the books. And I'm not a proponent of perfection with nutrition, but I digress. Let's say in a hypothetical world, you're doing everything perfectly. But if you're constantly in a state of fight or flight, stressed, that can wreak havoc on your gut. But stressors can also come in our eating habits. So... Are you skipping meals all day at work? Are you having coffee without breakfast, without lunch? You're still in a high stress work environment, putting a lot of demand on your body without filling up gas tank. Are you eating meals in a super stressful environment? Are you scarfing down lunch? That doesn't give your gut a lot of time to actually activate its parasympathetic nervous system, which is its rest and digest state. So with stressors, check what those mental health challenges, but physical stressors too. Make time for your meals. I understand mindful eating may not be the most realistic for everyone. If even at lunchtime, you can take two minutes to organize the stack of papers on your desk, put some of the clutter away so you can at least increase some of the calming, soothing environments and chew slowly, eat deep breaths, something that opens up, relaxes your gut, allows a little bit more food in, in a very relaxed state. So one, stressors, eating habits, assess for that. The second thing which may cause digestive health Symptoms is a diet high in ultra-processed food and a buildup of gut triggers over time. Processed foods exist on a spectrum. Anything that removes it from its original form is processed. So technically, you're chopping a carrot, that's processed. But when we're on the other end of the spectrum where it's ultra-processed, and if that is making up the majority of your diet 
over time, that can cause symptoms, right? It doesn't have the micronutrients typically that nourish your gut, that feed your cells. Do you want to have a caveat here that it's not singular foods, singular meals, singular days that causes these symptoms? It is truly patterns and trends. So if you have, let's say, an ultra-processed food like some chips, don't fret, don't feel like you've wreaked havoc on your gut, enjoy it, right? And then just be mindful that you're eating those foods with intention, not out of habits, and checking in with our digestive tract and how we're feeling after. Okay, but I will talk about what foods to add onto your eating pattern next when it comes to improving our gut health. And the third piece is genetic and environments. So we do know environmental stressors oftentimes. Where we live is their access to high walkability, sidewalks. Do we feel safe? Do we feel secure in our neighborhoods? Is our gut, our second brain, feeling like it has to be on fight or flight all the time? So environment plays a huge role in our well-being. And then, of course, there is that genetic piece as well. So what causes uncomfortable symptoms for many people when it comes to functional gut disorders, which is different from diseases, is one, oftentimes mental stress, and then physical stress we put in our bodies. Are we overworking, under eating, and then having a large meal at night? Are we wolfing down our meals or are we chewing, trying to calm ourselves? Digestion starts in the mouth and eating in a soothing, as soothing as can be environments. Second cause, is a diet high in ultra-processed foods and a buildup of these gut triggers over time. And three, genetic and environment. Okay, so let's talk about solutions, right? How do you start to feel better? I want to start by saying that nutrition interventions for your gut, sometimes they are highly personalized. So start with these three tips, you'll likely feel, hopefully, some form of relief if you're not already doing them. But if you do feel like there's something that's persisting, then our team of the registered dietitians can conduct a very thorough assessment of your medical condition, symptoms, blood work, allergies and intolerances, medication supplements, assess things like your relationship with food, your eating patterns, your lifestyle, and collaborate to develop a personal care plan with practical strategies on what to eat, meal ideas, snack ideas, recipes that suit you and gives you all the tools and knowledge and skills to sustain these changes moving forward, even when we're done our work together. Okay. In the meantime, here are some general guidelines, three that you can start following today to work towards better gut health. One is increase food diversity, particularly plant foods. The irony of experiencing functional gut disorders is you'll likely hear first piece of advice, get rid of this food, get rid of all processed foods, get rid of FODMAPs, etc. Stop eating this. It's really elimination restriction focused. But this can backfire and starve out the good bacteria in your gut. I've seen this time and time and time and time again, unfortunately. Someone comes to me, they're at their wit's end. Bathroom is like 
just like the most anxiety experience of their day and they're like and I've already eliminated everything I can't eat anything else and now I'm starving too and likely nutrients deficient which doesn't help this can backfire worsen those symptoms if you're under eating an empty gut is an acidic gut and if we're fearful of food this drives more of that stress response worsening that stress trigger then worsening our symptoms and then we're in this awful toxic cycle plus having low food variety can over time starve out the good bacteria in your gut. So plant foods in particular often have that prebiotic effect that can improve the bacterial diversity, which is beneficial for your digestive health. So one of the best ways to grow bacterial diversity is to introduce various fibers into your diet. Start adding some foods, think easy to digest, gentle plant foods. Think canned lentils. Can we add that into roasted veggies or pasta? Can we add some pumpkin seeds, ground flax, some nut butter, whole grains, soft cooked veggies? When we cook foods down, if we're feeling bloated, a little easier to digest. So in fact, some experts suggest adding and trying to eat up to 30 different plant foods per week, which I know sounds crazy. Keep in mind, 30 is like the stretch goal. So any more diversity than you currently are eating now is already great. If we're thinking about the context though, let's say of a single day, let's say you're having breakfast, purple rice congee topped with steamed veggies, you're adding cashews, fruit on the side, that's already four plant foods in a meal. Once again, any improvement is progress. Start slow, start small, and think what new food, preferably a plant food, can I add this week to my usual rotation? So my blog has great recipes. I will link them in the show notes below. I recently made this black bean stuffed sweet potatoes, super tasty, lots of plant diversity. Check it out in the show notes once again. Okay, so the first tip, in instead of limiting foods, increase food diversity, particularly plant foods. Tip number two is to find and reduce common gut triggers. I really want to be clear here that common gut triggers are not allergies and you do not have to eliminate or avoid them altogether. Simply put, gut triggers are foods that when eaten in a large dose or a volume can cause uncomfortable symptoms. Now, I want to be careful not to pathologize or label these foods as harmful because these are not unhealthy. They are not harmful. But for some people with some sensitive tummies, over time, this can build up and just cause a little bit of symptoms. So common gut triggers are things like caffeine, especially on an empty stomach. That's why I always tell my clients, take coffee with, at the very least, or after breakfast. Another gut trigger is skipping meals all day and then having a large meal at night, right? Our digestive tract is made up of muscles. Think of your muscle just sitting dormant, chilling all day, and then it's being asked to work really hard all at once. So it's likely going to spaz. It's just not going to feel good. Versus small, frequent meals, you're contracting that muscle regularly. It's working regularly. You're feeling good. Oily and fried foods, higher fat foods. Now, fat is an essential nutrient, but it digests the slowest. So think of our meals are really high in this nutrient fat. 
It's going to move slowly through our digestive tract. And for some people, that may cause bloating. And fast-paced eating is that last gut trigger. Digestion starts in the mouth. Our teeth, they're mechanically grinding down food. So think these are just common gut triggers. Doesn't mean they're allergies. You don't have to avoid them. Just be mindful of these building up over the course of a day. So there is some room for some level of gut triggers. It's just up to you to determine what your personal threshold is. The cool thing about gut health is that small tweaks in diet and lifestyle can often find significant relief. So to start off with these small tweaks, I am going to link a free gut health and PCOS toolkit you can download in the show notes. Once again, these are just going to give you, much like the podcast episode today, a quick summary on how you can start finding relief. And that third tip is to do an audit of your eating environment. Think back to your vagus nerve. Our gut and brain are connected. So we're trying to eat in a calming, soothing environment whenever possible. This can stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, aka the rest and digest state. This doesn't have to be all or nothing. Audit of an eating environment, think one small thing you can tweak. For example, if you have to eat through lunch and that's what's realistic for you, all good. Can you take two minutes to clear up some of the clutter, to grab a glass of water? Can you be mindful, though, that you're chewing, even though you're eating in front of the desk, you're taking a full hour, full 30 minutes to finish your meal instead of wolfing it down. So it's all about these small, realistic hacks. Okay, so just a quick recap for today. Our gut is a long tube that exists in our body. Very, very important for health, not the be-all, end-all, but works very well with other systems in our body to maintain optimal well-being and there is research indicating that your gut health is linked to metabolic syndrome pcos endometriosis diabetes and more three very common causes of digestive discomfort is one stress two a diet high in ultra processed foods and a buildup of gut triggers and three genetic and environment And to leave you off with three steps to start improving your gut health without food eliminations is one, eat more food diversity, particularly plants. Two, find and reduce common gut triggers building up over time. You're not eliminating, you're just being mindful that they don't build up and cause a flare. And three, do an audit of your eating environment. Try to create an environment that a little more relaxing right that brain that gut is increasingly known once again as that second brain so we want to just relax a little bit when it comes to eating okay so thanks for tuning in once again i am going to be linking a gut health and pcos tool kit that you can download for free in the show notes as well we also offer digestive health nutrition coaching with our team of registered dietitians if you want more one-on-one support. And if you liked this episode today and found it helpful, please comment, like, share, subscribe. This really helps contribute to this podcast's growth and helps allow me to create more valuable free content for you. Okay, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.